Welcome back to the Two Fish Podcast. My name is Nick. I'm Aaron. And this is another candid conversation. Are you an Old Testament Christian or a New Testament Christian, or can we be both? Hey, that's right. We're going to dive into, this is just something Nick and I have been talking about. It kind of spins off of the last candid conversation episode. But these were conversations we were having uh, during a period of time. Nick uh, and his family were struggling with some family deaths, and uh, my family had COVID and just a whole plethora. Uh, I did not pronounce that right. <laughs> just, just a whole lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And uh, we were we love the Marco Polo app. Yeah, uh, if you don't a, have that, that'll change your life. Right. Um, it is a great way. I guess I'm just going to plug Marco Polo, not that we're sponsored by them, but it is a great tool to walk with men. And uh, it's a great tool for Nick and I. We just have some conversations and uh, you get to see their face, get to talk to them. way easier than texting. Yeah. Because I can go, I mean, sometimes we get five, six, seven, ten minute long Marcos. And after a while you're like, this is a long Marco. Sorry. Right. And it's better than a phone call. Yeah. Yeah, who wants to talk on the phone? So, so. anyways, that's <laughs> enough about Marco Polo, but not just a general conversation on, man, Old Testament, New Testament. Is it both? Yeah. Is it none of it? What is it? What is our understanding? And we are not the authority on this. There's been lots of good books. There's been lots of good podcasts. There's been lots of good YouTube videos you can go and watch of way better people than us to dive in this. This is just kind of our opinion, our thoughts on this as we're working through these just these conversations that pop up in life and you start talking to them and you start trying to be biblical about them. And I think, I think you can take that comment back to our last conversation as we're trying to follow him and grow your roots deeper. Yeah. Have better understanding. And the only way to do that is sometimes to dive into tough subjects or maybe not even diving into the subject being willing to talk about it. I tend to think these conversations in my mind start with me hearing someone say something that I just think that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That doesn't even make sense. That can't be biblical. I need to figure it out. And that's literally how this starts for me a lot of times. And uh, then these conversations, like you said, Marco, you get four or five guys in there sometimes and all of a sudden got four or five opinions and you don't necessarily always end on the same opinion, but you get to work life out through together. So I think what we're going to talk about, Old Testament Christian, New Testament Christian, can we be both? Uh, Matthew chapter 22, uh, verse 34, and this is where Jesus is being harassed by the Sadducees and Pharisees. Uh, Verse 34 says, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one one of them, a lawyer, asked him and questioned to test him, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Now understand, these Pharisees are reading the Torah They're understanding that their scripture is what we would call now our Old Testament. And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So what Jesus is saying to them is saying all this, these rules and laws and regulations that you guys have set up from the Old Testament, which was given to the Israelites. God said to Moses when he gave him the Ten Commandments, if you read through those scriptures, he's saying, here's the law. Here's how I want Israel to, last week we talked about changing and looking different. I want Israel to look different than any other nation because they're mine. 
and this is how you're going to do it. And there's penalties in there if you read. Adultery, stoner. Jesus dealt with that here in the New Testament. They brought an adulterous lady in front of them, and he, they said, Law of Moses says to stoner, what should we do? And he says, hey, if any of you are without sin, by all means, stoner. Of course, none of them did because they all had sin in their lives. But the law of Moses commanded it. So our Old Testament says, do not commit adultery. But if we look at the New Testament, how Jesus has changed it, because Jesus came to fulfill the law, he didn't came to get rid of it. He came to fulfill it. So right. the punishment of adultery, well, we don't need a stoner anymore because Jesus paid the price for us on the cross. He's that atoning death. And so a lot of times Christians now will say, we don't have to worry about the Old Testament because Jesus fulfilled that. All we need to do is love God and love our neighbor. So my question to you, Aaron, is, is that enough? I know Jesus said those, these, are the, these are the two commandments you need to worry about. Everything else doesn't matter. These are the two. I would say no. Uh, like when you look at history, like to move forward in society, oftentimes we look at history. Mm-hmm. And you got to look at the Old Testament to figure out what was going on. But when you're, I would say when you're approaching somebody that may not be a believer or a new believer, you're not going to start in the Old Testament with them. But as you grow your roots deeper with Christ, you're going to dive into the Old Testament. You're going to reference back to the Old Testament to understand what's going on in the New Testament. Yeah. So I don't believe you can cut the Bible in half and do away with the old half. Like you got to have both to understand completely what's going on. And I don't think we'll ever completely understand no. at all because I often go to Isaiah and in Isaiah, God tells you my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are bit deeper than your thoughts. I don't remember the exact wording, but his ways are much higher than ours. They're far beyond anything we can comprehend. I don't believe you read that in the New Testament. And we're not biblical scholars, so I can't answer that for sure. Yeah, but yeah. I can't. Like, I, I don't remember reading in Mark where, where God's like, my ways are higher than your ways. And if if you just focus on love your neighbor, what what does that look like? What does that mean? And, and I think this conversation can start, and we talk, touched about this a little bit last week in our last candid conversation. Going to church, having an emotional experience, and the pastor says, hey, you need to pray this prayer. I'll pray it with you, and you'll be saved. And it says, Lord, I love you. Take away my sin. I believe in you. And that's it. Now you're a Christ follower. Well, first of all, what is sin? I need to know what sin is. Obviously, that's what separates us from God. Sin, the definition of sin is separation from God. Right. It's those things that we do that is against God's will, against God's nature. Well, what is that? If I don't know what I'm believing that Jesus took away my sins, if I don't know what sin is, then do I really believe? Is that prayer really doing anything? I'm not knocking any anyone that has said that prayer. I probably said that prayer a million times during a church service because you're all supposed to say it corporately together so that no one's picked on or whatever. But if we don't look back, so God says, love the love Lord your God, commandment number one, love your neighbor. Neither one of those talk about sin. Yeah. But Jesus came to take away our sin. So how am I supposed to believe and be a Christ follower if I don't know what sin is? Well, what is sin? Yeah. We got to go back. You started the book in the middle, and now you're all confused. How are you supposed to believe something that you don't know unless you go back and read it from the beginning? 
Right. Now, I don't recommend a new believer go to the beginning and read the Bible because the first couple, the first book's not bad, and then it gets real difficult. And Deuteronomy and <laughs> Deuteronomy, like, stop. Numbers, don't, Leviticus. <laughs> don't start there. Start in Matthew. You know what I'm saying? Like, get a Bible plan. But we have to go back. We can't disconnect. A lot of pastors are now saying, Andy Stanley, I'll call him out. He's got that book, Unhitched. Now, you can call it a publicity stunt, whatever you want, but he's saying, we don't have to worry about that because Jesus came. Well, we do kind of have to worry about that because we need to know what's going on here. I agree. And I listened to a podcast with Andy Stanley and Jeff Durbin, and I think in the in that, and it was on that book, um, Andy Stanley's like, look, I'm not, I'm not sitting here telling you to cut out the Old Testament. He stated, like, I still preach on the Old Testament. I have a history of preaching on the Old Testament. So my character and my preachings don't say get rid of the Old Testament. But I'm taking a different approach to witnessing and how our church is witnessing to non-believers and the unchurched. And Jeff is like, you you can't do that. You need all the context over here mm-hmm. in order to understand the New Testament. And I think, to me, when I was listening to that podcast, they were trying to say the same things almost, but viewing it totally different, right? Yeah. And I think it's one of those really deep and difficult things. It's hard to understand, but you can't do away with the Old Testament or do away with the New Testament Yeah. because then you're you're stuck. They gave us the Bible for a reason. The whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah. The early church didn't discredit the Old Testament. They still, I would imagine, they had to use the Old Testament, and then they were using the writings of Paul and Peter and the Timothy and all these other people that experienced Jesus firsthand and what his teachings were. Yeah, but his teachings always pointed back yeah. And had a foundation of the Old Testament. This is what, what God really meant. And what he did was he, he said, here's the Old Testament. He said, the law says, don't commit adultery. Don't sleep with your neighbor's wife. But I'm saying, don't even look at her lustfully. I'm, I'm going to raise it to another level. And I think part of the reason he did that is because some of the things that he said are almost impossible. Peter writes, be holy because I am holy. That's impossible without God. It is impossible to go through life and not sin, but with Jesus, we can get on that road because Jesus made it possible. So I think the adultery one's a, a great example, especially for the men, but I think women can relate to that too. If you leave it at, we're over here in the Old Testament, it's just don't commit adultery. Mm-hmm. But you constantly are, are looking at this woman mm-hmm. in the bathtub, right? David. Yep, that's she. Look at David. And... You're constantly looking at her. You're constantly lusting. You're like, eventually, you're going to try and act on that. Jesus came and said, it's not just don't commit adultery. Do not lust towards a woman. Do not look at a woman and have thoughts, sexual thoughts of this woman, because eventually you're going to try and act on that. So if you're a married man and you're having these thoughts with a coworker or your neighbor like eventually you're going to act on it. What what are you to do? Well, the Holy Spirit, if you've received Christ, is going to convict you of that. And in my process, my thought would be you're to hold that thought captive and tell the devil to get out and knock it off. 
But to grow your roots deeper, you got to understand the Old Testament, compare it with the New Testament, and what Jesus is trying to tell you. Yeah. Let's just break that down. I, I think I pulled the, uh, the Ten Commandments up here on my phone. Uh, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. What does that mean? So we go back to the Old Testament. This is what I think is so important. It's a reference guide. It's what does these things mean? Commandment number one, you shall no other gods before me. Commandment number two, you shall make no idols. These are those things. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Keep the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. These are these things that show honor and love to God. I love God with all my heart, so I'm not going to put these idols, and not just a physical idol where we can talk about, and we have before on the show, we can talk about the things that become idols in our lives, right? how we're using our time, how we're using our money, how we're using all these things. They can become idols. If we're loving God with all our heart and those other things, but how do I know that? Well, I got to go back to the Old Testament. I got to look at the old law of the Old Testament. Uh, how do I love my neighbor? I can tell you, love your neighbor. What is that? What is, love your neighbor as yourself. What does that mean? Well, you shall not murder. That seems like a pretty easy one. But that doesn't necessarily require loving your neighbor. Just don't kill him. Right. I think oftentimes now we just ignore our neighbor. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Is that loving him? A good neighbor is one that will leave you alone. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you shall not commit adultery. We already talked about this. Jesus said, "Don't not just the act. I like how you said David and Bathsheba there. Up until that point, he hadn't done anything wrong. Right. He was a man after God's own heart. Yeah. He he was doing commandment one. But he could love, I think Uriah was Bathsheba's husband. He can love Uriah, love him like a brother. But God says, don't covet his wife. Yeah. Don't lust after his wife. I I love Uriah, but I'm still sinning. So if we're just going to look at these two, love the Lord God and love your neighbor, and everything else will fall into place. Well, no, there's a lot of sin in between there yeah. because we're human. I'm not saying, first of all, hypocritical. Aaron and I sin every day. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't speak for you. No, I sin. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely sin every day. We sin like, every day for in in so many different areas. We're human. That's the grace thing. That's a good thing that we have God that's going to that has taken the punishment for these sins. So there's a lot of sins in the Old Testament. God fulfilled the law, so we don't have to pay the punishment for those sins. You you look at all the sins and all the punishment that Israel had. We don't have to do that part anymore. But that doesn't mean we don't not murder or we don't not lust or we don't honor our father and mother. We still need to honor our father and mother. But if all we're going to say is don't worry about the Old Testament, that's just kind of where I sit. A local pastor was preaching something similar to that, and it just made me go down this road, and I thought, that's not enough. You can't say, don't worry about the Old Testament. You don't have to worry about it. That's not enough. I mean, there's so many. You start in the New Testament. It's a great place to start. The story of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, story of the church, Acts and on. Oh, I think that's where you definitely start there. I think that's where you definitely start. I think that makes sense for modern day. One of the things in that podcast Andy talked about was, and I've struggled with this, so I'm gonna, I'll talk about it. The Bible is a, a book of references from people's writings. So there's characters in here. It, it is a book, right? And I believe it is ordained by God. And the things that are wrote came from the Holy Spirit, from the New Testament. But I often think God speaks things through you. So when you're talking to a new believer, you have a point to make your testimony. 
And you should know where your testimony shows up in the Bible. You should be able to take your testimony back to Mark, Luke, John. Maybe it shows up in the Old Testament. You should be able to reference these things in your testimony of how God changed your life. If you struggled with adultery and porn addiction, like that's your story. It's in there. Don't covet. And part of that's loving your neighbor. Well, you don't want somebody to do that to you yeah. and your family. Yeah. It's part of that. But you should know what that means. And you have to go back to the Old Testament to understand some of that. I'm not saying that we add to the Bible, but yeah. I'm saying you could, I am terrible at this, but I hear people who are great at it, journal your story, mm-hmm. right? And you should be able to fit that in with yeah. the Bible. And as you have come to Christ, um, like my Bible app, you can highlight things and things that I know were either spoken to me or have shown up in my life are highlighted a certain color. So what I'm trying to describe, I don't do, which is probably why it's hard <laughs> for me to describe, but yeah. is journaling your walk yeah. and figuring out how your testimony fits in with the Bible. And when you're walking through life with somebody that's been down a similar road or you're further along the road, like you have those references, you can go to the Bible, whether it be New Testament and Old Testament, because I have found things in the Old Testament that I've highlighted, and I've found things in the New Testament that I have highlighted in that color. Yeah, the, the Old Testament just points, if you read through the Old Testament, read through it and look for Jesus. Now, he's not, he's talked about, Christ is talked about, he's not there necessarily as, as a man as he is in the New Testament, but it constantly points to Jesus, David and Goliath. And here's where I think a lot of people maybe get this wrong, and I've done it too man, this issue in my life is like Goliath and I need to be like David and I need to slay this thing in my life. But I think, really, David and Goliath is not me and my problem. David and Goliath is Jesus and death. Jesus and the cross. Jesus and his him conquering death, him conquering that, being that atonement so that we can have eternal life. Sometimes I think, I think like you're saying, we can insert ourselves throughout Scripture and I think we can. I think it's a good practice to say, man, I can do this. But a lot of times it's not about us. It's about Jesus. So you read the old Testament, look for Jesus, David and Goliath, that kind of thing. And at all points and, and the prophets in the old Testament, they all point Isaiah, you mentioned, they all point to Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And we get Jesus and he changes everything, Yeah, but he still has that foundation. What did God set Israel aside for? And what is he expecting of us? Now, you can we can argue, hey, this this kind of thing, tithing is a good one. Tithing was for for the Israels to support the Levites because they didn't get land and they were called to be. So you can have that, there's that argument of, well, we don't need to tithe. Well, it's in the Bible. It's in the New Testament too. God says, test me on this. Test me on your giving. Yeah. Am I a perfect tither? Absolutely not. Well, that's in like Malachi or something. Yeah. But, but what I'm saying is he's... He calls us to do certain things, and sometimes, whether it's for the Israelites or whether it's for us, but these are principles that Jesus is saying, live better. I've taken away the punishment for this sin. I no longer am going to stone you when you lust. I am no longer going to murder your daughter if this or that happens, which, I mean, read through the Old Testament. God God can be savage. He wants Israel different than the rest of the world, and I, I mean— can a conversation totally different subject, I guess. God wants us to be different than the world. Yeah. We talked last week about 
We don't necessarily appearance look different, but we should be different yeah. than the rest of the world. What is different about you? Yeah. You look just like me, but you're different. What is it? Pe- people should be attracted to you by your actions and your character and your... I mean, your response. Your response to things. Yeah. The, I reference this again. Our Roe vs. Wade episode, however long ago. What is your response? Is your response Christ-like, whether you agree or not? Or is your response a TikTok video that goes viral where you look like a fool and you do not represent Christ? All right. Either way, you're either either side of an it, uh, of any subject you're on. And uh, there you go. Hip- I can be hypocritical in that. My response sucks sometimes. Oh, yeah. It's horrible. Do, we should look different. God set these laws in the Old Testament for Israel to look and be different. Jesus expects the same thing from us. Jesus really took the Ten Commandments and expounded upon them and, and made it even more difficult, which is what God was trying to tell Israel in the beginning. Yeah. And he laid it out in plain English. Let's put it that way. Like, that's how I kind of picture it. Jesus came and he said, you guys are totally screwing this up. I'm going to fulfill the Old Testament. I'm going to tell you how you should be living. And it's more than just don't commit adultery, don't steal. Don't even think about it. Be different. Uh, Yeah, we didn't get through that whole Ten Commandments list, but don't steal. Uh, Don't bear false witness against your neighbor. How many times do we do that daily? Sometimes. Daily, we want to complain or... I just had a conversation actually today with a friend. Actually, he's been on the show before, Matt, a long time ago. I don't even know if those episodes are up anymore. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Uh, Matt, our friend Matt that's been on the show before, it's like sometimes you just want to, this person is wrong, and we're going to talk about it. And sometimes it's good to talk about things because when some things need corrected, but if we're just trashing on someone just to trash on someone, that's, that's bearing false witness against your neighbor. I can love my neighbor, but talk behind their back. I can still right. love them. That's a, like a form of gossip. Yeah. Like God's calling us to more than this. Don't covet. Good luck. Get on Instagram. Get on Facebook. Good luck not coveting. But if I don't know that that's a sin, now there are different, there are sins, non-negotiable sins, sexual sin, non-negotiable. But then there are sins. Last week we talked about cussing. That might not be a sin for me. It might be a sin for you because the Holy Spirit's convicted you and you need to change that about your life. Alcohol. Right. And the, and the reason I'm convicted, let's say I'm convicted about that, is because God's going to use me in a different manner in which I cannot do that. Yeah. Or he can't use me. It's going to ruin your testimony. Yeah. Yep. And he can't, so he can't use me. So that sin is a division between me and God. Yep. I'm no longer following what God is calling me to do which is not necessarily the same thing he's calling Nick to do. Ultimately, the goal for all of us is the same, but the path, I think, is a little bit different. And these are on these non, there's non-negotiable, like I said. But there's these other, alcohol. I can have a drink out to dinner. We know people that cannot. Right. They cannot handle it. They cannot do it. It leads them to sin every time. Other sins, sexual sins. I mean, we, for some reason, we keep, going on that because that's just a super easy and obvious one alcohol leads them to that so for them to drink and take the bottle is sin for them and and i believe if you're out to dinner with that person it's a sin for you to drink in front of that person because you're there's the temptation you're a lot you're tempting them yeah i'm tempting someone else 
knowingly tempting. Yeah. Like if you know that is a struggle for that person, you shouldn't do it in front of them. Correct. We need to, first of all, evaluate our own lives. The verse, take care of the log in your own eye before you start going after someone else for the speck. Yeah. I mean, there are sins for me that are not sins for Aaron, that are not sins for you guys that I need to take care of in my own life before I go start complaining about what you're doing wrong. Now, that's not to say that we shouldn't have that conversation and come together and build each other up and be better, do that journey together like we've always talked about. Right. But it's you don't put yourself above that person exactly. because you don't have that same sin. We're almost 30 minutes into this conversation. I think wrapping it up here, we need to understand that Jesus, there's a lot more to love your neighbor and love God. And we need to be able to back that up and reference that. Like you said, having referencing our lives in and out of here. And you can't do that without going back in history. What are these sins? Now there's no longer the punishment like there was in the old Testament, but these sins still apply. So we need to make sure that we're going back and looking through that as we're moving forward into what God has for us. Jesus has for us. That's harder but now we have him and we have the Holy Spirit to do it through. I, we talked about last week. Everything is by the power of God. Right. Everything is because of Jesus. Everything needs to be because of Jesus. Everything points to Jesus. Right. And as we're trying to grow our roots deeper is where you're going to end up in both. Yeah. Like you got to understand the entirety of the Bible and you got to have that reflection on yourself, the journaling to understand yourself in the midst of your of your walk and whatever that, that looks like for you. New Testament, Old Testament, doesn't matter. I just got this picture in my mind as you were saying that. A tree starts in the ground. A tree starts with roots before it comes up. Put the seed of whatever you're planting in the ground. It starts going down before it starts coming up. And whether it's the Old Testament or the New Testament, they both apply. They both need to spread out so that we can grow up and grow out to others. We need to be rooted in both. I don't know. I think that's a good place to end this. Once again, I said this last week, make sure you subscribe so that if we miss a week, you're there, you get notified. If you like these kind of conversations, reach out to us on twofishpodcast at gmail.com. You can go to twofishpodcast.com. We have some stuff there. Google Two Fish Podcast. We pop up. That's amazing. I love it. It's all because you guys are listening. You're subscribed. You're reaching out to us. We'll see you next time with Two Fish Podcast. Thanks for tuning in this week. If you enjoyed this episode, hit those like and subscribe buttons. Also head over to twofishpodcast.com to join the rest of the Two Fish community and all of our social media platforms.